Hello, my name is Claudia Tornquist. I'm the president and CEO of Kodiak Copper. I'm here with Chris Taylor, the founder and chairman of Kodiak and a geologist. And Kodiak is focused on copper porphyry exploration in North America. Our main project is MPD in Southern British Columbia, where we made a discovery in 2020, just about 18 months ago, discovered the gate zone, which was a real game changer for the company and enabled us to raise $12.7 million. And that made for a very busy year 2021, where we drilled 22,000 meters almost, and we're very successful in extending the gate zone. And now this year we are drilling again with again a larger drill campaign, 25,000 meters planned. So lots of excitement, lots of drilling, lots of results to come this year. Claudia, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, nice to see you again. We've have um, we've shared the, um, a panel on a porphyry um, webinar uh, about a year ago. And Chris, nice to meet you. It's the first time I've spoken to you. So um, good to meet you. And um, congratulations on. Uh, Great bear, great result last year. And I see that you're wearing a, the, the shirt of a geologist as well, which is always good to see. That's right. It's good to keep the narrative uh, plain and simple. People will remember that I'm a geologist as long as I'm wearing reddish plaid. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so, Claudia, a year ago, in fact, I, I remember really clearly two years ago when you first um, announced that you had hit the, um, it was the alteration style. It wasn't even, it was six months before you hit the, the actual mineralization at the gate zone, but it was, I think it was in February or March 2020, you you kind of, you were into a porphyritic system. I, I can't remember what, whether it was prolytic or some kind of idyllic alteration. You had all of the signs there and then you went in and you made that discovery. So I mean, congratulations to the team. Um, you said you're drilling 25,000 meters this year and you're expanding the gate zone, but um, could, we, could you just, for my benefit, just remind me where it is and kind of, you know, a little bit of the exploration history on this area. Um, I'd perhaps share a map, um, just kind of North America, Canada, MPD, just a little bit of background would be great, please. Okay, let me bring up a map that shows the location of the project. We're in southern British Columbia, not even a three hours drive from Vancouver, in an established mining area with lots of other mines, projects, in the vicinity. We are between two large copper mines. To our south is Copper Mountain, which is also quite a close geological analog. And then to our north, about 50 kilometers away, is Tech's big Highland Valley copper mine. So very established mining area, which is of course fantastic because it makes for very cost-effective exploration. The project is also very accessible, just off the highway. You turn off the highway onto a logging road and you're there in a couple of minutes. So very good for exploration, makes it very easy and cost-effective. And of course, looking into the future, that will also be a big difference maker for the project. So very fortunate where we are. And you describe um, Copper Mountain as an analog. Does that mean it's also a porphyry and um, same age? Chris, you're probably best place to take that question. Uh, very likely, very similar uh, age, and the rocks that host uh, the deposit are very similar as well. It's also similar to uh, some of the projects I've worked at in the past. For instance, uh, further north of here, uh, there's the Mount Poly project. When I was with the, I was a geologist with Imperial Metals. 
uh, almost 20 years ago now. And uh, that's another project that we put uh, back into production there. I think that was in 2005. Similar host rocks, similar style of mineralization. Um, so a lot of similarities to the other porphyries in this region. And had MPD been picked up by previous uh, had it been recognized as a porphyry? I know, I know I referred back to kind of February 2020 as kind of the, the, the alteration style, but, you know, was it thought of as being prospective for porphyries? Well, uh, it was interesting because um, prior to us picking up the project, I had uh, the, the good fortune to do a, a site visit because I think if I had just been given a stack of data and old reports, I probably wouldn't have been terribly interested. Uh, but there was exploration on the project going back to the 1960s uh, by a number of different uh, exploration companies, development type companies. And effectively, um, there was, uh, you know, over 100 drill holes on the project. They all had copper mineralization in them. But what really struck me uh, on the first site tour was, you know, as you're going through a porphyry type system, you offer see, often see the copper oxides on surface. That didn't interest me. What interested me was that for many kilometers, we had a propolitic alteration style, and it was pretty obvious from some of the past drilling that the deeper they went into the project, the more they were seeing the type of potassic alteration that you'd like to see, and also better copper uh, gold grades as well. So it was um, uh, well known as a prospective porphyry project, but it wasn't until we sort of put two and two together and did uh, some of that step mm -hmm. out and deeper exploration that we went through that sort of nested porphyry type alteration system and began hitting the better uh, copper gold grades. When you say nested, you're talking about the kind of the classic Lowell and um, the, the, the Lowell shell with, with kind of a, an, an outer halo of propolitic alteration and then kind of more intense alteration in the middle. Is, 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 is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, sort of the uh, Russian doll uh, model where the uh, outer envelopes are, uh, you know, indicative of what the system is, but they're not heavily mineralized. And as you get to the right... Uh, sort of uh, PT conditions and proximal to sort of these magmatic cupolas, you end up with the higher grade uh, mineralization. And that's exactly what we see at the gate zone. And so did you have to drill through? I mean, uh, remind me of the depth, the kind of the top of the the, the, the gate zone. Am I right? I think it's kind of around 200, 300 meters kind of below surface when it really starts. Yeah. When the better grading copper mineralization picks up uh, from surface, though, you're often in uh, sometimes 0.1 to 0.3% copper. Uh, depends where you drill it. Obviously, there's some element of uh, you know preferential orientations on mineralization so occasionally you can get quite nice uh, grading mineralization right to surface but generally the higher grade material is starting at uh, two three hundred meters depth and of course we've drilled that down to nearly um, about, about 800 meters depth and you're still in the system at that point and do you do you when you first look at this do you think um, oh wait, as you're going through the drilling programs of 2020 and last year, do you think oh, this is an open pit target or are, do you, are you targeting kind of potential block caving underground resources? I mean, is it, is it too early to start thinking in those terms? Are you, are you just looking at the geological endowment at this stage? I would say at this stage, really, you can only speculate about how to mine, et cetera, open pit underground. It's very early for that. We are still very much at exploration stage. It's all about discovery. We don't know yet whether we've hit the highest grade zones yet. We start to get a sense of the orientation of the mineralization we are looking at, but really it's still about exploration and discovery at this stage. In the maps I've seen in your presentations, you've kind of got a, there, there are almost like two bounding faults kind of um, north-south on the page. Um, and in the most recent 
images you've got. You've got some um, some IP, some some geophysical uh, data, which is suggesting there's some high grade material kind of outside of that zone. Can you talk me through? I mean, perhaps if you, it, it might be useful just to look at those maps to see, for me to understand what you're kind of meaning by the kind of controls of mineralization and what the latest geophysics has done. There we go. That's exactly the image I was thinking of. This shows the gate zone and these dotted lines here is approximately the corridor where we have drilled and intercepted mineralization. And the background is geophysical data from a survey we did last year in autumn. And we were very pleased with the results of the survey because we saw a very, or we do see, a very close correlation between high conductivity, which are these red pink zones on the map, and high-grade mineralization in our drill holes. So you see um, these lines, which are gray shells, here in the northern part of, of uh, area we drilled. That's where we intercepted high-grade mineralization. Also in the southern part and less so in the middle. That's where we got lower grades. And the geophysical data very much corroborates what we see in the drilling. In the area where we got lower grades, we have lower conductivity and the higher conductivity zone curves around to the east. So very easy to see where we are drilling next, where we are drilling at the moment as we speak, actually. We will drill further east and test along this high conductivity anomaly. And what's very encouraging also is that really, we only have drilled a very small part of the anomaly so far. And there's a lot more to drill, so a lot more potential for more high-grade mineralization. And the anomaly extends to the northeast, it extends to the southwest. So lots more drilling to be done and lots more potential to make the gate zone much bigger than it is now. Great. Uh, thank you, Claudia. The, 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 um, when I look at the screen and I see the two vertical, uh, kind of almost north-south uh, lines, dashed lines, are those structural contacts that can be mapped or faults that can be mapped in the field? Is that the, uh, the basis for those lines? They outline the area approximately where we have drilled so far, the area over which we have um, intercepted mineralization. But what, what took you to the, that specific corridor? I mean, is it, is it a, a distinctive geology? Is it a distinct, distinctive uh, alteration feature at the surface? Is it, um, you know, what, what... Go to another map, um, which shows a little bit... Um, different ge information ge you see here. Geochemistry. Geochemistry. Yes. yes. Background here is the surface, a surface anomaly, copper in soils, this pink area. And that was very much what guided our drilling um, so far, or one of the key of inputs into our drilling. We essentially um, drilled along this anomaly and tested. It. That's sort of how um, we progressed so far, and that's sort of what what is behind this this area where we've um, drilled and intercepted mineralization so far. And yeah, as I sort of now we have this new geophysical data, and we'll test um, further along the underlying geophysical anomaly. 
Do you have um, glacial till and is it transported here? Basically in situ Merlin. Uh, so the drill work that we did uh, correlated very well uh, in a bedrock copper versus what you see in soils above it, at least in that okay. area. So there is till on the project, but not around the gates. And, um, well, there is, but not in those areas that we're drilling. Okay. It was, it was interesting because they, they, the, the copper doesn't line up with the geophysics, if you know what I mean. There's, there's, there's a definitely kind of higher, higher response to the geophysics um, conductivity. It was a conductivity, wasn't it, on uh, map to, to, the, to the east. And was you, you, in your material, you talk about you've got, you've got a kind of a headline um, drill hole, which was 535 meters at 0.49% copper and 0.29 gold. Was that in the kind of the northern portion in that kind of the, the bit that kind of intersected the the underlying geophysics? I'd look at it like uh, the geophysics here. Uh, there's probably a large uh, pyritic shell uh, adjacent to the copper mineralization. It's a blanket uh, and, and be well developed on that east side. There's also some late structure that goes through. It doesn't seem to displace very much, uh, but there is some clay in that structure. And uh, mm. in that sense, it would also generate a response. But I think what we're looking here is uh, some of the drilling that we're going to be uh, doing is going to target the uh, edges of that big uh, conductivity anomaly, because that's where we see in the gate zone, the copper mineralization well developed. So you'll be particularly looking on the western edge of that, of that, um, um, horseshoe for initial drilling. Yeah, although over time you have to drill fences across and see just how uh, how closely it duplicates what we saw at gate. There is that old saying, isn't it, that IP stands for indicates pyrite. That's what I think as well. I've done a lot of that drilling in my past, and it's usually around the big uh, chargeability anomalies that you want to be targeting, not directly at the middle of them. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've drilled some fantastic chargeability anomalies and had some uh, technical <laughs> success. <laughs> We found a lot of we found a lot of metal, but um, not much of it paid. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the southeast. I mean, so stepping right across that image to the, further to the southeast, you'd kind of you highlighted a kind of a, a second array of drill targets. Um, what's your thinking on the, on on where you are in the system? As opposed to you know for those targets. Well, I'll, I'll step into that a little bit, and I don't know if Claudia has the slides, but uh, some of the work that we've done has suggested a very deep-seated center to the system, which would be uh, kind of in the middle of this image, and uh, that would be down a couple kilometers uh, below the uh, levels that we're really looking at. But it does imply sort of a concentric uh, system. And that means that that uh, target that we're looking at there on the eastern side, again, uh, perhaps drill the western flank of it and uh, see if we get a duplication of the uh, the copper adjacent to the chargeability. I just, um, it is early in terms of having this data and just beginning to drill test it now. So, uh, but we do see evidence of a larger sort of multi-kilometer deep-seated uh, porphyry type system with these copper zones uh, that are coming up sort of, um, you know, uh, ringing it effectively. Right. Um, as, as kind of polyphase, multiphase kind of system or, or back to the Russian doll um, analogy or too early to say? It, it is too early to say. Uh, we do see some really interesting features like you see the evolution of the uh, intrusions over time. Uh, you know, there's some late uh, there's some uh, late monzonitic intrusions which cut across the mineralization and early uh, diuretic 
Pick intrusions, which seem to be more closely associated uh, associated with the mineralization. Uh, so you go from that diorite to monzonite uh, sort of transition. You can visually see the enrichment in time and sort of the potassium content and other features that you would expect to see. So it seems like it has been multi-phase. Looking at the rock, it's quite interesting because you see very strong evidence of multiple pulses of hydrothermal fluid interaction with the rock. So, you know, typical porphyry veining, but then, uh, you know, very intense uh, copper mineral with sort of this uh, silica silicification. Uh, we have some pictures of that on our website and uh, some really interesting features as well, which uh, I've never seen before, quite frankly, uh, but like disseminated boronite uh, in the host rock mats, uh, which is quite interesting because it doesn't occur really with uh, much in the way of veining or silicification, but it grades pretty well uh, because it's boronite based and you often yep. miss it. You know, when you first drill boronite, it hasn't oxidized yet. So it's sort of a brownish, unremarkable color. And then, uh, once it sits there and is exposed to the air, uh, all those sort of peacock colors come out over time. So uh, we've seen this really interesting sort of disseminated boronite mineralizations. We get down to certain depths uh, in the system. So there's a lot to learn here, but there's a lot here which we find typical and a lot which is also unusual. And that's typical geology. Um, you know, these deposits all reflect each other, uh, but they don't form an exact duplicate either. It's always humbling, isn't it? You, you, go, you go in thinking that you know quite a lot and you come out realizing how little I, well, I do anyway, little, how little I know. Um, um, so you, you've, you're drilling 25,000 meters this year. Um, how would you describe, you know, the kind of the allocation of that budget? You know, how much is to, is kind of gentle step outs, kind of expanding your, 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 your known resource, advancing that and how much is kind of growth, growth, growth drilling and how much is infill and how much is expansion kind of, or hunting for new new targets? Well, we um, have started on the gate zone. That's where currently one drill is turning. And we will soon add a second drill. And that'll also be in the, in the gate zone area. And we'll then also test this second anomaly, this parallel lookalike anomaly 600 meters to the east of the gate zone. So that's of what will be our main focus in the first half of the year. Then in the summer and second half of the year, we also have other targets um, on the property on our list for drilling. Let me just bring up a map and, and show where we will be going. So we are here up um, in the northwestern corner, the yellow star is the gate zone. And we have other target areas which have been historically drilled, very shallow, but never tested deeper, just like the gate mm. zone before we started. That's up here, Man and Dillard, that's approximately two kilometers or so away from gate. And we have also targets down here, also previously drilled in the X part of our property. So several other targets that like gate have copper and gold near surface, but no deeper drilling. And those targets we want to test this year as well. And that's going to happen more in the in the later part of the year. Okay. And so um, I can see on that graphic there, you, there's historic drilling down to around about 350 meters below the surface. And that the, the topography rises to the east with Dillard. So, um, gate is potentially more eroded um, if if everything got up to the same uh, same 
lithostatic, lithostatic pressure at the time that it was in, in place. Um, so, and it's a, I, I, I mean, Dillard looks if it's got some nice high grade at surface does it, and, and it's a big surface, surficial feature. Do, um, you know, do you rank your, uh, the surface expression with the amount of alteration with the mapping, or are you just going to kind of go through systematically and test each of each of them? Yeah, I think there's always a risk of um, like everything you've said is is spot on, Merlin. Uh, like you can see the topography rises to the east, and there's the equivalent. You know, the equivalent level has not been tested at any of these other targets. Um, I think though, effectively, we just need to be systematic. Like with the image you can see on the screen, there's a number of targets uh, like uh, across the project. It's actually if we had a full target list, over a dozen uh, targets, which uh, all have evidence of uh, porphyry copper gold mineralization. So we should put test holes into every target, make sure we understand where we sit in the system. Um, it was actually core from Dillard uh, that I first looked at uh, while prospecting on the project. And that had, uh, you know, it was largely propolitic, but you can see some of the deeper holes on there had that potassic alteration. And you can see the silica veining with porphyry style, uh, you know, you get the medial copper mineralization within the silica veins, like typical porphyry features. So um, that just is a target which is quite substantial in terms of a soil anomaly. There may be some glacial transport uh, in that area, uh, which has uh, effectively attenuated the surface anomaly, but there is drilling over hundreds of meters, which does show porphyry, copper, gold mineralization. So we know the system's there. So um, I don't want to get too fixated on any particular target. I think we need to systematically test them and let, uh, like we did at GATE, let the GATE, the data uh, guide the exploration program, sort of follow that sort of consent tricker zoned porphyry style alteration and just make sure we're uh, testing all of the targets. There's the budget in the company how to do it. And certainly like um, like our partners and biggest shareholders at uh, tech resources, it's what gets them excited is once we had proof of concept with the higher grade mineralization at depth at gate. Uh, so there's a concept that we need to test that, that same concept across the property because just generally compared to other deposits in the area, it does look like there's uh, less erosion at uh, the MPD project. So more preservation of the complete system in the ground. And, uh, you know, more of the surface exposure is in that propolitic facies. So we do need to systematically test all these targets before we overly fall in love with any one of them. As wonderful, as great as GATE is, as an initial discovery, it may not even be the main center on the project. We simply don't know yet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean just look at the footprint of Dillard. I mean, the kind of the alteration, the, the, the volume of ro altered rocks sitting above it is is seems to be larger than the one at GATE. You've got, you just have to be systematic and it may be the one that has the smallest that provides the that you know you, you can never can tell there's exactly uh, thinking about certain all, analogies uh, in uh, australia for instance you can think about these pencil porphyry systems yeah. and very nice uh, enriched copper mineralization above them and some of those anomalies on the axe project which we added on last year uh that has uh really physical lookalikes to what we see at the gate zone and good initial prospecting results from those areas as well so uh, again you do need to test across the entire mpd and 
its uh, you know property package. Have, have you looked at um, the green rock vectoring? You know, kind of the the, the chloride, the, the the chloride fluid inclusion stuff. Well, yeah, we've begun to do work on that now, actually, and it's uh, quite interesting because back when I was with Imperial Metals, some of that would have been newer work, uh, but we've been at uh, the rocks with uh, various consultants over the last year, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out. So we're we're, we're just about to kick off a couple of programs of that down in Ecuador. Um, and I was talking to, in fact, Claudia, do you remember on the on that panel that we were with, Alcane Resources, they had used that green rock vectoring very successfully on the Boda um, porphyry. Sorry, was it? Um, and it was, sorry, it was Stavely. It was, um, I think it was Chris Cairns at Stavely was, um, was, was working on that. But um, maybe Boda as well. But anyway, it seems, seems to be quite a, a good thing where, they, where the, the fluid inclusions in the, in the chlorites, I think they used the strontium and the terbium ratios, and they give you a, uh, <coughs> kind of a, a straight line distance to the hydrothermal heart of the system, and you effectively get a, kind of a 3D bubble around that. And when that intersects with a whole bunch of others, you can point to the, the, the porphyry center, although it does get complicated when you've got many centers like you appear to have where you are because you get interference on the yeah exactly yeah so you get into yeah lots of cross um, cross cross signaling cross messaging but um they're clever boys these scientists geophysics so so that's kind of the, the green rock vectoring's one tool um have you got regional magnetic survey across the whole area uh, we have various uh, generations of data. We've done some uh, airborne work as well. Uh, so we do have data that crosses the project. And part of it was trying to reconcile historical databases with what we've collected as well. We've also done ground-based geophysics recently too. Uh, so that's how we generated those uh, sort of target maps that Claudia was showing early on. And that, that's, you, you describe it as 3D IP. It's, um, and when you map that, when you integrate that with the kind of the magnetic data sets, is it giving you a good kind of handle on structure and kind of subter um, subterranean morphology? Yeah, generally speaking, yes, it's giving a pretty good indication of how things are laid out in 3D. Of course, we have to drill it to confirm, right? Yeah, of course. That's the that's the key step, the, 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 the truth machine. Great. Well, um, how many of those other targets are you going to be able to drill this year? Well, we've got... Dillard, man, and then targets down at, at X on our list. You know, as a geologist, the uh, drilling always very much depends on how things are going, and um, our results will drive where we where we focus. So we certainly plan to to test several other targets outside of gate this year. Yeah, and the good thing about porphyries is you have cubic kilometers of altered material, so you can you can get get <laughs> it's hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not drilling a, a, a gold vein system or something. You're drilling something literally the size of mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So even if you don't get the mineralization, at least you can understand the intensity of the system, which can help you plan the next phase of work. So um yeah. Well well, good luck with that. Um can we talk a bit about Mohave? Or, yep. uh, I mean, unless, unless I have, is there, is there more that, um, is there more that we should cover off on NPD? Because I'm, I'm feeling relatively comfortable that you've got this kind of great potential. You've got the, the, the money to drill it. You've got the drilling plan and the course of this year is going to kind of yield results both on NPD and the gate zone, but also on the new targets as well. And so, so, so am I missing, you know, is it, 
uh, t- t- tell me what t- tell me something else I haven't covered on MPD, or we can move on to uh, Mohav. I think you've you've uh, summed it up very well, and um, we've covered the the key points on on MPD. MPD certainly will be the main focus of our work this year, where most of our drill effort will go. We have also planned a small maiden drill program on Mojave, our profit project in Arizona, which is in many ways a very similar project to um, MPD in that it's in a great location, very accessible. Arizona is copper country. There is a big copper mine, Baghdad, owned by Freeport, just 30 kilometers to our east. Very accessible project just off the highway. And like MPD, it has been explored in the past, has some drill results, some interesting smoke, but nobody has really figured it out yet. And so it's a very exciting project. And we are planning a small maiden drill program there, similar start to what we did at MPD two years ago. How many meters? Um, what, what does a small program count in, in your books? About 1,500 meters approximately. Okay. Is what we have planned. And is it like um, is, is it like many parts of Arizona with transported gravels? I mean, have you got gravel cover over the top, kind of masking the geology, or can you actually map and see the rocks on the um, in outcrop? I guess I'll take that question. Uh, you can actually see rocks in outcrop over about half the project. I think the eastern part does have a gravel lid on it, uh, but uh, I've uh, I was last there I think about uh, a dozen years ago now at this point, and uh, you can see porphyry mineralization at surface over a portion of the project. You see other hints of some interesting brecciation, uh, you know, early late breccia pipes. This kind of evidence that again you have multiple pulses of hydrothermal. Um, mineralization or alteration on the project. So, and some encouraging early results, obviously that's more on the calcalcalic side of the porphyry spectrum than the alkalic side. Uh, You know, it's sort of a copper silver molly type uh, system uh, based on the geography, but uh, it does have encouraging early results. And and we should figure out again uh, where it sits uh, in 3D space. And if you went there a dozen years ago, how did it come into the portfolio and um, you know what's what's the what's the genesis of of the kind of the corporate side of that project? It's actually a somewhat interesting story. Chris tried to acquire Mojave, when was it, Chris, in 2007 or so, quite a long time ago, looked at the project, visited it, and found it interesting. And at the time, another company paid more and acquired it. And then when we looked for copper projects for Kodiak three years ago. Chris, remember the project, and we looked, well, what has happened to the project? And it turned out that the company which had acquired it at the time was then acquired by Bluestone Resources, or became Bluestone Resources, which was a company in the Discovery Group, of which we are part. Yeah. And there were literally just two office doors down the road, so down the office, down the hallway, sorry. (laughs) So we knocked on their door and said, like, hey, do you still have this Mojave project? And they had, in the meantime, acquired a much larger, much more advanced gold project. So Mojave was really a non-core project to them, and we were then able to acquire it from them. Fantastic. What What a great story. So when are you going to go down there next, Chris? Uh, well, I've got a bit of time on my hands these days, having uh, entered uh, early retirement. Uh, so um, we'll just have to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. I think it um, will be also later in the year, sort of second half of the year that we'll um, get going on Mojave. So we're just starting with um, 
indigenous consultations and the preparatory work and then the um, that will we'll start turning um, fingers crossed in Q3, Q4. That's sorry, I completely failed to ask any questions on on drill permits and how long it takes things and, um, you know, to, to get moving. So that's obviously a consideration in Arizona. You know, you've got to go only as quickly as the permitting allows. Yeah, we're permitted. We received our permits. So um, that's no hold up. We have um, all the permits in hand that we need to work. And the indigenous consultation, is that not a prerequisite for the permits? Or is it just part of a kind of a parallel process that you've got to kind of work on the social license to operate, so to speak? Yes, very much um, the latter. And um, it's just our approach to consult early. Um, I want before we start drilling, um, I would want to sit down with the tribes in the area and make sure that they don't oppose the project, that we have answered any questions they might have, that there is a working relationship. And um, that's what we did at MPD. We um, consulted with the First Nations in the area early on and made sure they are on board with our plans. And we will take the same approach in Arizona as well. There are lots of mining projects that didn't come to fruition because of local opposition or indigenous opposition. And I think to, a way to address this risk is to just sit down right at the start and consult and engage with the local communities and just make sure everybody is um, on board with what's planned. And, and they understand. I mean, I, we, we have exactly the same things down in Ecuador. Um, you know, in, in, on a new project, everyone's kind of up in arms that they don't want to mine. And, and it just takes a few months, a few weeks to explain that actually we're in the initial phases of geological investigation or exploration and gradually everyone calms down and they, then a, a working and a trust relationship can, can grow from that base. Yeah, um, our experience certainly, particularly at MPD, the, is that the First Nations in the area, they really understand mining and they also understand the economic benefits and the business opportunities that come from an exploration project or a mine. So they are pro-mining. They just want to make sure that it's done the right way, that it's done with a minimal negative impact on the environment. And that's really um, why you then sit together. And they have very good input. They know the land very well. And yeah. they've given us some very helpful, in, helpful input, how to look better after the fauna, after the water. And we take those, those um, um, suggestions and this input on board, and it makes it a better project. I, I bet they've also been quite useful at... Uh, if you kind of show them a breccia and say we're interested in this, I bet they've said, "Oh, there's some of that over there." You know, they 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 really know the countryside; they know the rocks. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's slightly off topic, but um, the mining sector from the outside is often seen with such kind of uh, harsh criticism, and yet actually, when you're inside it, the, the projects can only survive when you've got that very close working relationship with your local community and it's it's done on a day-by-day -day basis every you know every successful exploration company is engaging constructively and positively with its local community if it wants to continue it's 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 something you absolutely have to do anyway sorry slightly off topic slight rant um <clears throat> but um thank you both very much i really have got a much better understanding of uh what you're 
um, aiming to do this year and the kind of the scale of the mineralizing system at NPD, I had I I I absolutely didn't understand the kind of the regional nature of that project and the uh, additional kind of porphyry potential of those multiple intrusions and the, and the fact that you're going to be testing them and doing more work on gate this year. And uh, I love a bit of Arizona. Uh, I hope their drilling goes well and look forward to seeing the results that come out during the course of the year. Thanks, Merlin. Uh, great to speak with you today. Great to meet you, even if it's digitally, hopefully at some point in the flash as well. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you.